Okay, welcome to episode 28 of the Dude Wrong Door official podcast. Uh, I have Tabitha here this time. Hello. Because uh, Dallas, it was going to be an episode with Dallas, but he had to dip for work reasons. Uh, can't go into detail. But, uh, so we had a whole, I, I had a whole bunch of topics lined up specifically thinking that it was going to be me and Dallas discussing it. But uh, they're going to get trimmed and uh, switched around a bit now that we've uh, changed, not really hosts, but cha- uh, we have a guest instead. Yes. So uh, we both saw The Last Jedi. We did. But we're not going to start off with that. We're going to save that for later, our response to that. <clears throat> First of all, I'm going to do some new stuff for now. And... Uh, First thing I'm going to talk about is something that I know you know about, which is Capcom announced the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, Yes, which had like the coolest trailer ever, mm-hmm. and it has 11 games total, and it goes from Street Fighter 1, which I've never even played. I think the reason I never played it is because people basically say, don't, don't play it, it's bad, but it's kind of in there just to be like, hey, look, here's where it came from. This is the what the actual 30th anniversary is for, but you can't just give someone Street Fighter 1. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's nice, honey. It's like, yeah. hey, this is the first crayon drawing I made. It's like, Thanks. oh, oh, we'll put it on the fridge for um, a week. Um, but yeah, it, it goes all the way up to Third Strike, which is the best Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Tabitha Indeed. agrees. Um but uh, yeah, that's exciting, and it's, and it's coming to the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and the Switch. So no stupid exclusivity yeah. like God. Street Fighter V has, uh, which suddenly gets on my nerves because now Street Fighter V Arcade Edition looks amazing, mm-hmm. and now it actually looks like a great game worth getting. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like uh, When it released for $60... It had, like, hardly any characters, hardly any stages, like, no modes. There was no arcade mode. The story mode consisted of maybe one or two fights per character, Mm. and it gave you, like, a freeze-frame concept art picture that it panned over while it gave you some really bad dialogue. when did this come out? This came out, I I believe it came out in 2015. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What? Uh, It's coming out after we had experienced... Street Fighter 4, which even regular Street Fighter 4 had way more. Okay. Street Fighter 3 had had more than Street Fighter 5 did. Street Fighter 5 was so unfinished. But now that it is finished, it seems even more than finished. Like, there are, I believe, there are five arcade modes. My God. It it launched with no arcade mode, but uh, I think... Like, if you have Ryu, who's been in every single generation, he gets five different arcade modes he can go through. And it's, like, his story in Street Fighter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And then, uh, or or wait, I should should clarify, not one. I don't think, no, I think there there is. There is an arcade mode. There is an arcade mode for for Street Fighter 1, I think, for Ryu, Ken, and Sagat, because they were actually in it. And Birdie. Birdie was also in it. Birdie. Um... But it's not just five, it's six, I believe, because it's one, two, three, four, and five, and alpha. Well, this is just a great value. I know! 
And guess what? Because the game is now technically old, uh-huh. it's forty dollars at launch instead of sixty. So here, let this That's be a lesson. Good pickings, right there. Yeah, let this be a lesson. Don't buy games new. No, wait. <laughs> buy them first of all. Don't buy a game unfinished. Yeah, certainly not. Definitely not. If you're going to buy a game new, make sure it's actually finished. Street Fighter Five was not finished. Now that it is finished. It took them two years to finish it after they first came out with it. Why release an unfinished game, though? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know, and I think Capcom's wondering why they ever did it to begin with, because (laughs) Capcom is on fire now. Yeah. Like, they announced Mega Man 11 a few weeks ago, Uh which looks great. It looks like old-timey Mega Man, but it's 3D, and it's just people have been wanting more Mega Man forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Resident Evil 7, when it came out, was fantastic. And, uh, I don't know, Capcom's just all of a sudden... Decided. Well, what if we were awesome though? What if we, what if we tried that again? Because yeah. you know we we were kind of like that in the nineties. Yeah. So what if we just did that again? Um, <clears throat> so one other thing to do with Capcom. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, oh yeah, like Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. If we are to believe the leaks, which we are to believe the leaks now, uh, every single thing that has been announced post big leak has confirmed that the rest of it is true. Which is great for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite because it means sometime in the summer they're giving away six free characters and they're going to come out with new graphic options which can make the game look like cell shaded In other words, just better than it already does. Yeah. Because right now it's really ugly. It is. But it plays it's, so great. Yeah, it just feels so good to play. Like, uh, we got Jasmine and Aubrey, our two younger sisters, to start playing it and they just picked it up. Yep. and. Not even like an hour into that night, which I think we played it for like four or five hours. Yeah, we, was, we couldn't really stop. Yeah, we it was couldn't just stop playing. it was one match after another, and like and they like found characters that they were like really good at, and they were like beating the crap out of yeah, us. Yeah, uh, Jasmine with Dormammu and Aubrey with Dante, which was really surprising. Jazzy was yeah, Dormammu. Okay, well here's the thing: Jazzy apparently is good with magicians and like sorcerers. Yeah, like yeah. Jasmine picked up. Uh, Doctor Fate in yep, Injustice, Injustice 2. 2. And then Doctor Strange and Dormammu, but she's way stronger with Dormammu yeah. in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And I think Aubrey is really good at very aggressive cool guy characters. Because yeah, she really, picked up Ghost really, Rider and Dante. Yeah. Um, really good on, what is it, the offense or whatever? Yeah. She's, she's good at charging people. Yes, and she, and she gets Sub-Zero in Injustice 2, who is, mm-hmm. once again, a really aggressive cool guy mm-hmm. character. But, um... Yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Just the, the the fighting engine is so good. It's I'm glad the game will eventually look pretty yeah. and uh, be a much better value. Uh, it did drop to like thirty dollars in no time because no one was buying it. Right. Um, because Ultra Street. Ugly. Yeah. Well, and because the roster was disappointing. It's like. The roster looks so disappointing, but when you play the characters, it's right. like, oh, they're really fun. Yeah, they're really fun to play. As. I just wish they were someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there were uh, more interesting people. And they're adding more interesting people. They added uh, Winter Soldier and Black Widow, which are new characters. I really like the Winter Soldier, even though he's a little broken right now. And then they added Venom, who is a fan favorite from Marvel vs. Capcom 2, even though he was terrible in that game. Mm, I they don't st- remember ever playing him and enjoying it in that one. Yeah. Uh, he looked cool, but that was it. In this one, he looks cool, and he's really fun to play. I don't know if he's good in the meta, just mm-hmm. because I don't play online right now. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so that's, I guess that's all the good Capcom news. Uh, we were going to talk about Death Stranding, 
if Dallas is going to be here, but I don't even know if Tabitha knows what Death Stranding is. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pulling a blank on that one. Well, uh, to be fair, hardly anyone knows what Death okay. Stranding is, <laughs> and that's not because people aren't trying to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, made by Hideo Kojima, the guy that made the Metal Gear games, oh, okay. who has now left Konami and is working on a new IP, with Norman Reedus, who's the guy that that's in... Uh, he's Daryl in The Walking Dead, and he was in The Boondock Saints. He's the guy with, like, the... He's got the long straight hair that's always in his eyes, and he's mm-hmm. got like, like he's he looks weird, but but he looks like a cool guy. Yeah. It's like there's something something weird about your face, but I uh, think I know what you're talking about. I think I think you're cool, uh, but yeah. Um, every time they come out with a new trailer for Death Stranding, people are more confused about mm-hmm. what's going on. I should just sometime I should just show you the trailers and. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the nickname people have given the game is Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just have to talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you remember when I used to play this game called Battlefield Bad Company and Battlefield Bad Company 2 back in the Dizzy, back when we lived in Georgia? I feel like I do. <laughs> Was it the one? Oh, boy. <laughs> Time has come. Uh, it, it looks a lot like other modern military shooters, uh-huh. but it was like if one of those if those games had a cast of really likable, funny characters. Like there was uh, a New Yorker guy, a country guy, uh, uh, the, the the I'm too old for this sergeant, and then the main character who was like just the normal nice guy, and I that's feel what like you played. I do remember it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's the only military shooter that I've just stopped. And listened to the dialogue without <laughs> continuing because the dialogue was so much fun. Well, anyway, after Battlefield 3 came out, it came out after Bad Company 2. Like, the Bad Company games were a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Battlefield 3 came out, and it had no personality. Yeah. The campaign was awful. Like, there, there were no memorable characters. It had this really ugly visual style where they just covered the the screen in grime and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, y- you remember that feeling. aesthetic. I do, I do. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield 4 was the same way, and uh, Battlefield 1 was kind of the same way, but they didn't do it as like a, a dirty camera. They just did it as, well, to be fair, World War 1 was really dirty. Uh, yep. But th- not really any personality going on. Well, Battlefield 3 has been rumored, and just these days, if there's a rumor or a leak, it's true. Like, if anything gets leaked, you like rest assured it's for real. I think in a post-Julian Assange world, you can just accept, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, they leaked Bad Company 3, mm-hmm. and I am so mad about it. Mad? I've wanted Bad Company, because Bad Company 2 ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And Bad Company 3, it's called Bad Company 3, but it's based in Vietnam. So... Well. So it's not going to be any of the same. Uh, no, none cast? of the same characters, not the same continuity. Like Bad Company 3 ends on this really cool shot of the four squad members of Bad Company, which is what their squad is called, mm-hmm. looking out at New York as the Russians are invading it. Oh my god. And they're like, you know, I can't remember what the what the lines are, but they say stuff like <laughs> oh, this is going to get crazy or something yeah. like that, you know. And I was so excited yeah, because I loved those characters and I wanted more. And now Bad Company 3 is finally coming out. But it's not Bad Company And it's Company not 3. what I want. Yeah. It's Bad Company spinoff. And Bad Company is a spinoff. 
Why call it three? Just call it like call it Bad Company else. Origins. Yeah. And then, you know, if Bad, Bad Company Origins does well, we can actually get Bad Company three. I don't know. I yeah. hope I hope that part of the leak isn't true, but honestly it's it's probably is. It's probably true. Because I don't want it to be true, it will be true. Right. Um Oh, okay. Uh uh back on um Capcom, something I forgot about them. Okay. Um Monster Hunter World, which looks amazing. And uh, I need to show you gameplay of it because yep. you think it looks awesome too. Shame though, it's not coming to the Switch. Oh. And uh, what? apparently, the reason it's coming to the Switch, or it's not coming to the Switch. Uh, okay, so originally, uh, the Monster Hunter games were on the PS2, then they moved to the PSP because that's where the market was in Japan. Right. Uh, and then the market moved from the PSP to the 3DS. So Capcom was like, okay, well, we're following where the market is. So they went to the 3DS. And uh, Sony fans felt betrayed by that. But that was, you know, it's just business. We're just going where where the players are. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really only the people who weren't big fans of the series that were really bothered by that. It was kind of like, uh, it'd be nice if my system of choice had a Monster Hunter game on it. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to make me change systems. Right. Whereas someone like me right. would buy a system specifically because For it has Monster game. Hunter on right. it. Uh, so, I mean, I was like, I'm ready to migrate. Like, after I played uh, Try on the Wii, I was like, yeah, I'll get a 3DS. Like, I got a 3DS because I saw that Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate was coming to mm-hmm. it. Uh, and then it just turned out there were some other great things on the 3DS. But um, Monster Hunter Double Cross came out in Japan on the Switch. And then uh, World was announced for the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, and the PC. However, it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive in Japan. Japanese gamers don't play consoles. Right. But Sony doesn't make portable consoles anymore. Like, they stopped with the Vita. They stopped with the Vita, yeah. Uh, So, but, but Sony really wanted that Monster Hunter money, but they're not willing to create a new, uh, system. system. Yeah. But what they are willing to do is pay Capcom millions of dollars not to make it exclusive to the PS4. It's to make sure it doesn't appear, appear on, on a the Nintendo, Nintendo system. Switch, yeah. <laughs> it's basically a portable system, and that would take away exactly. so much of the revenue. And, it, and it's, where, it's where Monster Hunter is going to end up. Is on a portable system. Yes, regardless, regardless if World does well or not. Monster Hunter will inevitably end up on the Switch, and that's where it will stay, because Sony spent all this money on getting Capcom just to get one game to not come to a Nintendo system. And uh, that's something about that just annoys me, because it's not like you're funding a game that otherwise wouldn't get funded, right? like with the Bayonetta games, where it's like Bayonetta... Two and three were exclusively on Nintendo systems because no one else was willing to publish them because those games don't sell. No one buys Bayonetta. Everyone loves to talk about Bayonetta and they get great reviews, but no one buys it. And uh, people are like, well, no one bought it because it was only on the Wii U. It's like the Wii U version sold better than the Xbox 360 version of Mm -hmm. Bayonetta 1. All y'all talk a big game. Yeah. But no one buys it. Right. It's because they're too hard. And because, I mean, if you play it and your mom comes in, it's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, not that, I mean, by the time I was playing it, I didn't care. I, I wasn't a little kid playing the Bayonetta games. Right. But, um, yeah, it's different from that. And it it wasn't even that 
Sony was getting exclusivity in all regions. They're just, just saying, don't put it on the Switch. Okay, yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> because, and and my response, which I was, I was going to be doing this anyway, my response is to buy the Xbox version. <laughs> it's like, suck it, Sony. <laughs> uh, and it's coming on the PC later, and, you know, the, the PC version will end up being the best version because people will mod the crap out of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it looks amazing. I'm really excited to get that for my Xbox, for your Sony. Xbox. Um. Okay, uh, one more thing, kind of related to Capcom, because uh, Capcom still owns Okami. Okami HD came to the Xbox One and is amazing and runs beautifully. And, like, that game always looked pretty, but that game in HD, yeah, mm, very mm-hmm. pretty. Yep. Uh, but PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds came to the Xbox One and is horrible, like, runs awfully and... They were building this up. So, do you know about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds? I do not. It's like it's the fad game right now. It's okay. it's it's this it's this year's Minecraft or this year's um, uh, League of Legends or it's like every single twelve year old mm-hmm. is playing this game obsessively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know the twelve year olds don't aren't very good judges of game quality, right. but they are good judges of game popularity. Yeah, and. It's the thing about Battlegrounds is that it is like a battle royale Hunger Games setting, where okay. you take a hundred people, drop them on a big map, and then slowly have the map close in on them. Oh so you're forcing them all towards one area, and then they all end up fighting. And when they drop in, they got no weapons, no armor. They have to go raid houses, like find a car or That's something really like that. Cool, it's really cool, and it's the first time that like Minecraft doesn't click with me. I don't get it. Um, League of Legends, MOBAs in general, I, I don't get them. They don't click with me. Right. This, just seeing the first sentence of the premise, it's like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. That makes absolute sense. I can understand why people would love that. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big deal. And Microsoft was like, oh, we're going to get console exclusivity for PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Like, not it's not going to be on the PS4. It's, it's just coming to the okay. Xbox One. And they, they hyped it up so much, and like they were saying uh, the Coalition, who worked on Gears, was helping develop the game for the Xbox. And um, people were like, oh my gosh, Like Gears 4 is like the best third-person shooter ever made. Espe- Some people might not agree with that, but as far as like controls, it's incredible. Like It's, it's the slickest one ever made. Then the game comes out, and it's terrible, and runs God. at like 14 frames per second. Like, it's, it's no. sub-movie. <laughs> Like, you know, movies, 24 frames yeah. per second. And games are like, you know, 30, 30. at worst. We'll, yeah. do, we'll, t- we'll take 30 at the minimum. It, it's running terribly on it. It's only on the Xbox One X that it runs well because the Xbox One X is way more powerful. But mm-hmm. if you get it on a regular Xbox, it's it, it not only does it run slow, but it's ugly. And has like a bunch of lag issues and stuff like that. And then, as soon as that happens, as soon as everyone's playing it now... Now Microsoft is saying, "Oh, we just helped them tweak some controls on it." Like, "Oh, we weren't that yeah, involved." We weren't that in it. involved in yeah, it. Yeah, like suddenly the truth comes out that they weren't getting a lot of help. It was just uh, Blue Hole, I think, is the developer. They were kind of a small developer. Now it turns out, oh, this is a bunch of guys who don't know how to develop for a console. Oh, we're we're making the console version, and Microsoft just lied. But um. Yeah, and then, then there was a whole thing where they're like, uh, the Xbox version will get exclusive cosmetic items, and you're thinking, ooh, Master Chief armor, or yeah. uh, Gears armor, or, um, you know, some some kind of reference to 
freaking, I don't know, Jade Empire or something. Other Xbox exclusives. But no, it's just it's just like some camouflage shorts and like a baseball shirt. So it's like the little avatar characters that you would get with <laughs> Microsoft. The basic but, clothes that they give you before you sign up for Xbox Live. Our iconic characters. Yes. The, Microsoft, the Xbox avatars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of a disaster. Everyone, everyone's a little bit upset. Uh, and, and it's made worse by the fact that this game costs money. It's not free. Yeah. Whereas its closest competitor, uh, which I believe is about to surpass it, is a game called Fortnite Battle Royale. And it has different features. It's not exactly the same game, mm-hmm. but it's pretty. It has like a more cartoonish art style. It runs a, way better. It's on all the consoles and PC, and it has a really stable frame rate and runs yeah. great. So it's like, oh, man, you guys got to fix that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Competition's breathing down your neck. Okay, I guess real quick before I move on to something I think will occupy a lot of time with you and me is uh, I wanted to point out that I think this is the healthiest, healthiest, healthiest. This is the healthiest. Uh, it's the healthiest console market of all time, because all three, like the big three, mm-hmm. all have a, a successful console. Right. Like as soon as Microsoft entered, and we had you know the big three, the GameCube was a failure. The PS2 mm-hmm. was a huge success, and the Xbox did pretty good. Right, I remember that. Then, you got the PS3, the Wii, and the 360. 360 did really good. The Wii was record-shattering, and the PS3 did not become profitable until, I believe, 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. They were selling the PS3 at a loss, and it was it was not as popular as it needed to be. It was still pretty popular, but they spent way too much money making it. Right. So, uh, that you know, Sony lost that one. <laughs> Then we had the Wii U, the Xbox One, and the PS4. Xbox One did okay. It was pretty mediocre at first. The PS4 was a huge hit, and the Wii U was a disaster, the biggest in Nintendo's history. Right. It was like Nintendo's Dreamcast. Luckily, it wasn't the last one, like the Dreamcast was. <clears throat> now, we've got the PS4 doing just as good as it ever was, which is insanely good. The Xbox One has gotten like a new lease on life and just like come back in the second round and is doing really well. Sometimes it even passes up the PS4. And then the Switch is the biggest Nintendo system since the Wii. Right. So all three companies are doing great. All three systems are getting good games, multi-platforms, and exclusives. And it's, uh, despite the fact that this podcast is normally very negative about the state of the gaming industry and like me and Jan basically have a saying now where it's like, man, video games suck. Don't buy them. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly because of EA and Activision being scumbags and scum of the earth Yeah, and, and trying to uh, uh, sell sell gambling to your kids. In the grand scheme of things, it's going pretty good. Uh, stuff's stuff's I mean, I got doom on a Nintendo portable system. That's the state of a good yep. industry. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of the industry being great, I don't think fighting games have ever been in a better spot. Mm-hmm. And Soul Calibur Six has me so excited. <laughs> I showed you that trailer, and it looks amazing. And uh, my, my suspicions were confirmed. Uh, I, I'm glad they didn't call this Soul Calibur, just mm-hmm. straight Soul Calibur, but it is a full reboot. Okay. It's called Soul Calibur Six, but it's not a continuation of the story. They're completely wiping the slate clean and starting from scratch again. 
Okay. That's what so you it's got. A, it's a new universe, basically. Yeah, it's like same universe, but we're gonna go a different timeline now. Right. Okay. Because <clears throat> you know you, they show young Mitsurugi and Sophia not dead. Right. Uh, so they're saying the story is based in the same year, which I think was 1586, mm-hmm. as Soul Calibur One, and uh, they. They said the reason they did that so was so they could use anyone they wanted from the franchise, even if they had died, even though Raphael has died and came back as a vampire. Cervantes dies, like, five times. Yeah. And he's, you he's you never so know weird. if he's going to be a ghost boy or, like, young man or old man. You just, right. you never know with him because he's always coming back to life. So I, I don't think that's the reason. I think the real reason is because they were like, well, we gave everyone uh, the old characters' kids. Right. And they didn't really care for them as much. I which I think really is... A, ever attached to anyone. I thought... Okay, you like Killick. Yes. I thought Sheba was way cooler than Killick. <laughs> I, I guess just because I like Sheba's theme better. He's, you know, the monkey. Monkey, monkey king. I yeah. think that's kind of cool. But Killick is... Honestly, Killick is like not putting... Were you in your game? Right, and he was in Soul Calibur Five, but you couldn't just pick him with his old move set. He was he was the Edge Master. He was a randomized thing, yeah. and he wore a mask, and it was just it's it's cool. It's I different. think it's cool, but it's not what anyone else wanted. So I think that's the real reason they're going back to the original cast, mm-hmm. and they're adding new people. Like they show in the trailer, this guy who has like a Darth Maul style blade. Ooh. And uh, I can already tell he's going to be the edgy, androgynous guy. Where it's like, you can tell he's very thin, and he's wearing very nice clothes. It's like he's going to be the, um, I think his name was Aeon from Castlevania Judgment. Where it's like, he's just this really well-dressed, thin man. Um, And, okay, so we got some details on the gameplay. And they're saying the speed's going to be about Soul Calibur 2 speed, which is the fastest one. Oh. You remember, like, Soul Calibur 2, you know, you could end in, like, four hits from Nightmare. Uh-huh. Just doing the spin, vertical slash, spin, vertical slash. Yeah, no, that was really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was the one doing that, by the way. I, I'm yep. the one that is annoying. Uh, it's going to have the armor break system from Soul Calibur 4. Okay, which, yeah, I remember that. Um, I don't know. So I don't really like Soul Calibur 4. But maybe they could do that well. It's yeah. weird. The way they have the health bars is they're in segments now. And it's like, I don't know if once you get a segment, that piece of armor breaks automatically. Or once you get them down to this segment, then you have to break the armor to continue damaging them. Uh, I hope it's just, it just breaks automatically. Yeah, I hope it breaks automatically. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, I like armor break as a thing that makes it look cool and flashy and not something you have to actually break through like reality yeah i I don't like that idea i think maybe if that was like a mode where they're like armor break mode where it's like you can only damage this person so much while they have armor but then you know you have to break off the breastplate and then you can do more damage to them sure if you're if that's not going to be the primary mode of doing it um and then they're going to have the supers from soul Calibur five but I think they said they're done differently. They're one-button supers. It's not where you have to, you know, double, double Hadouken forward right trigger, yeah. which was weird for Soul Calibur. That's weird in a 3D game, in my opinion, doing mm-hmm. a double motion. 2D, that's fine, but I think they're switching it to where they have it with Tekken 7, where you just click a button and then it activates your super. They are doing meters, though. They're doing meters okay. like uh, Soul Calibur 5 did, instead of doing the Tekken 7 rage system, where it's like you get down to a certain amount of health, and now you can do your... Uh, yeah. Super. And then a new mechanic they have is Reversal Edge. And uh, 
I'm guessing Critical Edge is the offensive super and Reversal Edge is like a defensive one. And they show Sophia use it where it's like she goes into this state where she blocks every single attack Mm -hmm. that Mitsurugi throws at her like perfect block and she takes no damage and then she counterattacks and he like can't block it. So Hmm. I'm guessing it's like a counter super where it's like it's a super you activate if they're going to try to hit you with something and then you, you know, you deliver damage back to them. <clears throat> um, and they were... So the, the the developer said the goal was to simplify how complicated everything had become by Soul Calibur V, but, to, but without having to sacrifice, like, depth and new mechanics. Because he wants to go back to Soul Calibur II without getting rid of all of the stuff they had added that people liked before then. Oh, okay. So Soul Calibur II, really simple, not mm-hmm. not too many crazy stuff, crazy I like that. things. Yeah, that sounds good. It's a good goal. Let's see if it works out. Uh-huh. They also said it's already 70 percent done, and that might be releasing as early as summer twenty eighteen. Mm, so it just got announced, and we're yeah. gonna get it next summer. I I prefer that. Mm-hmm. I prefer that than seeing a trailer, you know, uh, today and it saying you know twenty twenty, and it's like oh, I guess I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's like I I might even be dead by then. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it. I, I know I'll make it to tomorrow, maybe. I got no idea if I'm going to be there 2020. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I guess that's all we can really talk about with uh, gaming-related stuff. Uh, I could address the fact that Call of Duty Modern... Or not Modern Warfare. World War II is still being criticized for a lot of the issues they haven't fixed this far after launch. And it launched with a ton of issues. Uh, the thing is, what they should have done is listen to that and say, yeah, man, we're trying to figure it out. I'm sorry. We're trying to fix it. I I swear. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good eventually. Instead of doing that, Michael Condry, who's like the head of Sledgehammer Games, is just minimizing people's complaints and saying, oh, it's like three out of every thousand spawns are bad. You you guys are overdoing. It's like, oh, what? It's like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) Don't tell someone they're wrong. Like, don't tell someone they're lying. Say like, okay, yeah, I'll look at that. I'll try to fix it. Yeah, I'll look into that for you. Even if you're lying, don't say, you know, don't say, "Ah, nah, you're full of it. You're just full of it. (laughs) Thanks for all your money, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Real quick, we'll talk about some movies and TV show stuff. Uh, Did you watch Creed? Yes. Yeah, the Rocky spinoff. Well, Sylvester Stallone was going to direct the second one, which I had very mixed feelings about because he didn't direct the original. The original was directed by Ryan Coogler, who's directing Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm pretty sure that's why Michael B. Jordan is the villain in Black Panther because Ryan Coogler (laughs) was like, no, I like that one. He's coming with me. Yeah. Um, so Stallone stepped down and I think it was a matter of everyone else on the set seeing, saying, don't direct it because they said they were having, you know, uh, a lot of internal meetings. And then he said, eventually he decided to step down from directing. He's still going to star in it, which is great because I don't remember if he got nominated, but he should have been nominated for an Oscar for that Mm -hmm. movie. Stallone should have, which was man. Like, I just got chills thinking about it. Yeah. It was he, such a good movie. He, and he was so good in it. Yeah. Like, I've never seen... There's been this debate for a long time. You know, who's the best action hero? Schwarzenegger or Stallone? I don't know. That's still up in the air. But I think the best actor, actor is Stallone. Stallone, definitely. Just because of Rocky One and because of Creed. Yeah. Like, he, he's just... He's so he just... He knows how to just portray he, people's emotion and be the hero just like so well he knows how to just be 
be vulnerable. Right. He's a big action man who can just like be an old broken down guy. Yeah. Oh man, it was so good. Um, I think the director now is going to be Stephen Capel Jr. And I'm not familiar with anything he had been he had directed before. They said he directed this critically acclaimed short. So uh, maybe he's like new guy on the block, mm-hmm. and we're going to see what he can do. Ryan Coogler's still going to executive produce it, though. That's good. <clears throat> um, uh, moving on from <laughs> I'm having to kind of flick through the stuff that we'll just you'll know nothing about. Mm. Ooh, here's something. Okay. The Obi Wan movie is going to start shooting in 2019. Ooh. And I'm actually excited about an yes. Obi-Wan movie, especially if they can get Ewan McGregor again. Yes. Because older Ewan McGregor, kind of, you know, in the in the rebellion's infancy, excites me so much. Yes. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff about Obi-Wan that's still a mystery, where it's like, Han Solo movie, what do we need more from Han Solo? Like, I mean, it could be a really good swashbuckler. Yes. Which I am, I am in for a good swashbuckler. <laughs> I am too. But maybe maybe I've... Okay, honestly, after The Last Jedi, I think I'm more open Mm -hmm. to a Han Solo movie. But after The Force Awakens, when they were talking about it, it was like, can we not? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was was, like, it's it's good where it is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's a good moment to end it on. But, you know, I I digress. I'm excited about the Obi-Wan movie a lot. Just because, man... I think Obi-Wan deserved to be the main character in the prequel trilogy. He would have been the best it, yeah. person to make it about. He was the one I feel like that I thought about the most. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like he was the main character. Yeah, but if you look at, like, the amount of runtime right. that is spent on people, right? it's just... It, it, in A New Hope, you see Obi-Wan, like... Passing the torch to the new main character. Right. Literally. The laser passing torch. The literal. <laughs> yeah. He's passing it to him. It's like, okay, it's your story now. You're going to be the main character. I'm going to go die real quick. Yeah. And then I'm going to go make, get out your way. They make the the prequels and it turns. Yeah. And, and it's kind of confused whether it wants to be about Obi-Wan or Anakin. And I would have been fine mm-hmm. if it was about Anakin, but it was barely about him. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the prequels. We could go on all day about that. But I really I, could. I really just want more Obi Wan, and if the movie is called Obi Wan, I know it's going to be about him, and that's exciting. Yes. Uh, speaking of things that are exciting, Disney, and and a lot of people are saying this is like the end of end of days. Disney got all of Fox's uh, movie and show properties. They they bought them all. That just sounds like the best thing to me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, uh, what does Disney do with other people's things? They make them better. Yeah, they do. Uh, pretty pretty consistently. I, mean, I know look a lot of fairy tales people. <laughs> oh yeah, they took the Grimm brothers stories and they made them way better. Yeah. Except for Snow White, it was kind that of stupid. Was the worst. But um. <clears throat> so just as a, like a, as a sampler platter, I'm uh-huh. gonna go into the things that Disney owns now. They now have Avatar, Blue Avatar. Blue Avatar, hooray. Blue Pocahontas, not The Last Airbender. Uh, Which, wow, I love for Disney to get a hold of The Last Airbender and undo everything Shyamalan did. (laughs) Rip it to shreds and then put it back together in a beautiful piece of art. Yes. You know, when SpongeBob does the little, he takes the paper. I'd love for Disney to get a hold of SpongeBob and stop making episodes of SpongeBob. Just stop it. (laughs) 
take SpongeBob and stop. <laughs> it's like, hey, we have this now. Just puts it in a box. You can't have it. But yeah, I don't remember what episode it was. He took like a piece of paper and he tore it up. And then he, like, put it back together and made art with it. Yeah. It That's was, what I want to see. It was the one where uh, Squidward had him in his art school and SpongeBob was doing everything much better yeah. than Squidward. You draw a circle. It's just like a blob. And then he's like, and like this, and it's perfect. A perfect circle. Yeah. And he's like, first I draw, like, this detailed this face, face. And then, then I erase, erase the, the details. details. A perfect circle. <laughs> anyway, yeah, SpongeBob used to be funny. I miss those days. But they now have blue Pocahontas. Okay. They have aliens. They have oh. Predator. Oh. And let me tell you right now, Alien's been bad lately. I'm ready for That's, Disney to make yeah. it good again. I want to see... I really like it when they take older movies like that and make new ones, but kind of keep the same 80s style and thing. Yes, uh, I think that's why Blade Runner 2049 is so loved uh-huh. by the people who watched it. Um my opinion on Blade Runner 2049 has improved uh, because I listened to uh, a real hero along yes. with the ending of Such Blade. A good song, my word. Along with the ending of Blade Runner 2049, and it was like, oh, I get it now. It's way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to look at that movie as a story about Ryan Reynolds, not Ryan Reynolds, God, Ryan Gosling's character. <laughs> And try to ignore as much of the other stuff as possible. Because if you think too much about the other plot lines going on, most of them don't get finished. And it makes the movie Ooh. feel incomplete. Yeah. But Ryan Gosling's character begins and ends. And it's great if it's about him. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they got, they got Avatar, Aliens, Predator. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how that affects Shane Black's new Predator continuity that he's starting to make. Like, he's making... Uh, a reboot of Predator. Uh, Shane Black mm-hmm. is the guy that did Lethal Weapon and... Well, he did Iron Man 3. Okay. So you've seen at least yeah. one of his movies. Uh, they got... Okay, so Disney got The Simpsons and Family Guy and Die Hard, Planet of the Apes, 24, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh my god, please. I would love a Buffy reboot. Please, and I yes. would I would love Sarah Michelle Gellar to play someone in someone. it. Someone. Not not necessarily Buffy. She can if we're play gonna a random do reboot, soccer mom. I don't care. Just put her in there. <laughs> put her in there somewhere. Or we can do a sequel where it's like it retcons the ending of the original, and we can do like an alternate universe where it's older Buffy. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that too. Just bring Buffy back and bring SMG with it. Mm-hmm. The X Files. Disney has the X-Files now. I think the X-Files have gotten a couple new seasons lately. I don't know if it's like a show that's always on, but every mm-hmm. once in a while, someone throws another season of the X-Files at <laughs> us. Uh, and <laughs> mm-hmm. Firefly. Disney has huh. Firefly now. <laughs> and I think <clears throat> if you're going to do more Firefly, do it without Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, as unfortunate as it is for me to recommend at this stage. Uh, he's a crusher of hopes and dreams. He's a crusher of hopes and dreams, and he's had a lot of a, a lot of mediocre stuff come out lately. Mm. He's, he's kind of hit his, um, you know, uh, he, he, I don't know if it's because he doesn't enjoy the things he's making. Because oh. I know he didn't want to do Age of Ultron, oh, okay. and he was only brought on to finish Justice League. It wasn't allowed to be his thing. Yeah, that could be it. Maybe, you know, maybe that's that's why some of his stuff has been disappointing. But 
I don't know. Who knows? Maybe if they if Disney does bring Firefly back, I, I'm excited regardless. Yes. Uh, what I think is most important for Firefly is that you get enough of the original characters to come back for it. Yeah. Because more important than Joss is Nathan Fillion and uh, 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 who? What was it? Zoe. What was her name? I don't remember what her actress's name. Oh my is. gosh. I used to know it like the back of my hand. <laughs> I used to know all these. Preferably bring back Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Don't. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. I would love to see Firefly come back in some capacity, or I would love to see like Firefly big DVD special edition things come out of the original show. Like yeah. I'd be all over that. Um, and I'm sure Disney would happily make more money off of other people's work. Right. <clears throat> I put one comment in here. Marvel versus Predator win. Because <laughs> I'd love to see the Predator try to take down everyone in Marvel. That'd be awesome. Uh, oh, okay. And and they got all of the X-Men characters back. So they have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four characters. Mm, Fox yes. owned them. And uh, that means they also have Deadpool. And Bob Eager, who... I cannot remember what his position is. But he is insisting that the Deadpool movies will remain R-rated. And he said that they're considering an R-rated Marvel brand from now on. Where it's like, you're going to have the MCU, which is its own continuity. And then they'll have kind of, you know, and, and you put Marvel before that. And it's like, you know, this is this is what we want people to think of when they think of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have an, R, an R-rated alternative one where it's like, just so people know that before a trailer, it's like, this isn't Marvel. This is this version of Marvel. Yeah. So, you, so, you, you, so you don't have people taking their kids to go yeah, see Deadpool. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, no, this is the adults one. Yeah. This is the one that's dark and violent. Uh, I'm I'm all for that because that means Definitely. you can make an authentic Ghost Rider. You can Ooh, make that would be exciting. You can make a, an authentic Punisher, and you can make an authentic Deadpool all within. We need some more Disney's Punisher, funding, honestly. Yeah, uh, I was really disappointed in the Netflix show. Dallas liked it, but and Dallas said it's like the comics, which tells me I just wouldn't like the Punisher comics. Mm. Uh, I really like the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, and I really liked the Punisher in Deadpool season two. And I don't feel like that's what I get from this new show. I feel like this new show is very so slow, very bland, and just suffocatingly cliche. Um, and it seems to be using kid gloves, which is... Don't do that with the Punisher. Um, okay, so before we go to talk about Star Wars, which is uh, a big elephant in the room... Uh, we're Okay, so I got... There's two things we're going to be doing from now on in the podcast, and I hoped to premiere these with Dallas, but uh, we're just going to run with it, and I'm going to premiere them anyway. So we're going to talk about uh, what's what's coming uh, on the channel for the next week. And uh, on Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to have new episodes of Fortnite 50 vs. 50 that me and Jan did. Uh, on Wednesday and Friday, we're going to have an episode each for Spyro New Beginning that me and Tabitha started playing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, on sa- This coming Saturday, we're going to get another episode of me and Dallas playing the Disney Afternoon Collection. And then I'm starting a thing, and I think I, I, I pitched this to you at some point. I was saying I th- I was, I've been thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. It all depends on if people actually engage. So go into the comments 
if uh, you want to engage in this. And you can you can com- comment on this video or comment on any of the Sibling Showdown videos. But I'm wanting to start a thing where on the podcast we open a poll and ask people what game they want to see us play next. Yes. And this time it's going to be between Star Gladiator, which was a it was Capcom's first 3D fighter, Ooh. and it was very liberally inspired by Star Wars. There's <laughs> almost like just anime Star Wars knockoff characters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, that's relevant, Star Wars. And uh, the other choice is Soul Blade, which is Ooh. relevant because I'm just really excited about yes. Soul Calibur right now. And we already released the episode where we played Soul Calibur 1 a few months back. Mm-hmm. We uh, That was on Vidme, released it on YouTube. But I, I want to play one. Mm-hmm. So And we haven't done Soul Blade yet. So it's between Star Gladiator and Soul Blade. Even if one person comments and votes, they're the person that gets to decide. Yes. Congratulations to that one person. Congratulations to the one commenter. I'd love for there to be more commenters, but if you are the lone wolf, you win just by voting. Um, And then uh, there's another thing that we're going to start. Uh, We should probably do this before we talk about Star Wars, because Star Wars will just take up the rest of the podcast. Uh, We're going to start a thing where we read a question from the absent host. And uh, I'm, I'm throwing around ideas of what to call it. The only idea I have to call it right now is absentee ultimatum. And the goal is, uh, normally it's me, Dallas, and Jan are the three hosts, and we alternate which two people are hosting it. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be one of us who isn't on the podcast. So the one that isn't going to be on the podcast that week comes up with a question to ask the hosts for that current week. And after they ask the question, the goal of the question is to spark debate, uh, stump us, uh, make us disagree, or, you know, I don't know, just be an interesting question in general, and then we rate the question. Um, If the question's bad, then we make fun of them, liberally. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's fun for everyone, when someone gets made fun of. so, and and if it's a good question, then we give them points. And I was thinking we'd do it like a metal system. It's like, oh, that's a bronze, that's a silver, that's a gold. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then by the end of six weeks, where each of us will have had two questions to ask, we tally up the, the scores, and whoever wins gets to be right about something yes. in the podcast canon. It's the ultimate so, prize. Yes. So, for example... It would mean, uh, I don't know if it'll be a limited time thing, or it'll just be like understood that this isn't what people actually think, but we have to agree in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say uh, Street Fighter 3, you know, be- best fighting game, you know? And then everyone's like, oh, yes, yes, I agree, yeah. I agree best yeah. fighting game. Or like, um, or I could make Jan and Dallas agree to, uh, yeah, Fast and Furious, uh, a franchise second only to Star Wars in its quality. Oh, God. Make them agree to that. And yeah. neither of them have watched very many Fast and Furious movies, but they're, they're, there's really, you know, elitist, highfalutin types who are like, huh, I would never stoop to watching something so simple. Oh, God. Uh, whereas, you know, I actually do believe, in terms of consistently in quality, it is second only to Star Wars. Honestly. Honestly. There's so many fantastic movies in it. But uh, that that's kind of the, um, the gist okay. of what the goal is. Uh, but real quick, before I get to that one, I'm going to show Dallas what happens when he is absent. When I've planned a whole thing around him, and then you come on here. We're going to see what happens. We unlock a new topic that Ooh. you and me can talk about. About, about another huge leak that happened recently okay. that has now been confirmed 100% true. 
Like someone is getting fired over this. Unfortunately, someone is getting fired, but it is exciting. My Little Pony Friendship is, Ma- uh, Friendship is Magic yes. will end at season nine. Okay. So right now we just finished season seven and season seven was incredible. One yes. of the best seasons ever. It's amazing that any TV show can have people thinking, was that the best one at its seventh season? And the reason they're ending it at season nine is not because it isn't doing well. They're going to immediately reboot it right after they're done with that one. The reason it's ending at season nine is because they're just like, we've written every story we can write where all the characters have developed. They've Mm -hmm. all completed their arcs. We've got no more stories left to tell. And I feel like I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready too. And that's, that seems to be the response from most people. Like this came out and you'd think, you know, people would be setting fires all over the place and saying, oh, they better bring it back. Or it'll be like a finally sort of thing. Like, Lord God, how long has it been? Oh, Spongebob. Spongebob. Yeah, it's just end end. Spongebob. It needs to end. Or like what happened with Dexter where it's like, just, guys, just end Dexter. And yes, I am comparing My Little Pony to Dexter. Yeah. Um, Perfectly fine comparison. Perfectly fine comparison. I, th- I think it's a, a testament to its quality that it is not at all a show that I would watch. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it for seven seasons. Uh, and I've never gotten into any show like it. Like, um, very much aimed at uh, young girls. Whereas, like, you know, I freaking love Justice League and, like, DuckTales. Like, DuckTales, general audience, Justice League, clearly geared towards boys. Mm-hmm. Like... I've loved both of those, but this one, seven seasons in, I still, like, give a crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're still so well-written and directed. Um, fantastic ensemble. And there's an episode in season seven where all six of the original main characters, it feels like they're moving them out for new main characters yeah. right now. But there's an episode with all six original characters. They go to an escape room, and they're just in a vacuum. There's no villain for them to fight. There's no uh, internal conflict. It's just them solving obstacles that are in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're their dynamic, dynamic is just perfect. incredible. It's like the way they gel and the way that they've like uh, fit into their roles. Mm-hmm. And like you even see how much they've changed. Like beforehand, it's like Rainbow Dash would think this what is stupid. A, yeah. Yeah. Like she wouldn't want to do this and she wouldn't want to like let other people do other things. It's yeah. like she's excited when she gets something that she's good at yeah but she also lets other people do the things they're good at uh and pinky just cheers everyone on right it's it's, like it's it's perfect that's it works it's what she's good at uh and that just thinking about that episode it's like oh man this is over yeah like they're all they're all finished they've done all of the character development they can with the main cast Mm -hmm. it's time i guess yeah, and uh, it's not like a Fairly Odd Parent situation where you start introducing new characters to tell the Useless. same episode with that character Uselessness. now. It's every the new characters they've introduced, specifically Starlight, is completely different. There's a completely different background. Yeah. She was like, she was she's a villain, a reformed villain. Yeah, yeah. like uh, really one of the one of the most evil that they've had. Yeah. Uh, not like complete evil like Tyrick was like. I think it's funny how Tyrick and Chrysalis can't be reformed. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a show about giving people a second chance. And no matter what, Tyrick and Chrysalis have to be stopped with violence. Mm -hmm. In Tyrick's case... They have to be ended. Yeah. In Tyrick's case, it's Dragon Ball Z level, like, earth-breaking violence. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. Um, Starlight, being a former villain, now she's like... She's... 
she's the one that most of the episodes are about, and she's completely different from the other ones. Like, she actually has, like, latent anger issues that she's having to deal with. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. And uh, another part of the leak, they leaked a new intro. Ooh. And it wasn't, like, after Starlight got introduced that they kind of added Starlight to a few things. Yeah. They've actually... They've completely redone every single part of the intro. Hmm. And they show, like, Rarity running her business... Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like, in her different, like, in the city and, like, in these yeah. other places. Uh, and, and you see, like, her assistant, her uh, manager that she has for yeah. the store. Like, they're showing all the new characters, and they're all in different parts of the world. Like, it's not just in Ponyville. Mm-hmm. It's all the different places they've gone. Oh. Uh, my, and then... It, my chest is constricting. I'm getting <laughs> emotional. I know. Uh, and then the picture they take at the end, it's, like almost every single character that they've ever had. And even some that I don't recognize that I'm sure will be introduced in season eight and nine. Uh, And then they send the photo, not just to Celestia. And then they added like Luna later. Now it's Celestia, Luna, um, uh, 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 Cadence. Cadence. And uh, what's, what's Twilight's brother's name? Cadence's husband. What the heck? Shining armor. Shining armor, yeah. They say, like, they're all there, and uh, Flurry Heart, the baby, is there. Yeah. So it's like, look at all these freaking characters we have. Can I just talk about how much of a welly designed baby Flurry yeah. Heart is? Okay, so Poof from the Fairly Odd Parents, once again going on to this, Poof was awful. It's not a so baby. So annoying. It, was, it didn't act it's like a baby. It's an annoying little. It was just a plot device. It was a device to add complications mm-hmm. to the plot line. It's, it's like, like you can tell when the people who are writing a character that is a baby has have never been around a baby before. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, anyone who wrote Poof has never been around a baby before. Or, like, Butch Hartman writing Poof, he's not using his experience as a father. Yep. He's just using his experience as a comedy writer, and that's it. Uh-huh. Uh, Flurry Heart feels authentic because uh-huh. me and Tabitha have nieces yep. that like before we had little sisters who were babies when we were kids. Yeah. But now, you know, we, we've been around our, our nieces and it's like, that's what a baby acts like. Flurry yep. heart acts and sounds like a baby. Exactly. Like she doesn't, it doesn't sound like when someone's trying to do like baby noises and it's like, babies don't sound like that. Right. No baby has ever said goo goo gaga. Like God, it's not a thing. That's like God. a, that's like a, dog saying bow wow yeah no dog has ever said bow wow <laughs> woof bow woof bow bow woof bow wow you're not hearing that <laughs> brian regan reference but um yeah uh it's so good and uh they actually leaked some of the designs for generation five once again huge leak and this is stuff up mm-hmm. into the year 2020 uh, they leaked designs Once for the again, new who show. Once again, will be alive then, right? No, I'm exactly. Kidding. I'm but, so excited for that, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, the show's ending. The show will be ending season nine. I believe that's 2019. Uh, it's funny how they've had a season every year, and it's like 2010 was season one, mm-hmm. or no, it wasn't every year. It was 2010 and kind of 2011 were season one. Then season two was 2012, and it's like the last number of every year has been that season where it's like two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Um, it's ending and everyone seems to be fine with it. Everyone's satisfied. Yeah. And it's like, uh, even if generation five wasn't happening, I would have been like, this is one of the most complete and consistent shows that has ever come out, let alone consistent kids shows. Like no mm-hmm. one cares about kids. Once right. you have, once you hit your hundred episode mark, you hit syndication, you can put out reruns forever. Mm-hmm. You know, kids shows become awful. 
once they hit that 100 episode mark. Having to SpongeBob, having to Fairly Odd Parents. Um, Especially when it's, I mean, it's a, it's a show that's like in between being one of those shows where you can watch any episode and enjoy it, and one of the shows where you have to watch it chronologically. Yeah, yeah, and it's like in between there, <clears throat> but it's mm-hmm. still like there's no plot holes anywhere. There's no episode where you see facts about it that are different. Than oh yeah, like their universe shows. is consistent. Yeah, it's a really uh, consistent and well built universe that they've come out with, and it's a kids show. I. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's people say, you know, oh, it's a kid show or it's a cartoon all the time. And that's a way to like demean it. My Little Pony actually is a kid's show. Like it's yeah. made for little kids. Mm-hmm. It's it's supposed to have the broadest demographic possible. It's not, you know, um, Dexter's Lab, which was clearly has a bunch of humor that's supposed to go over kids heads. Yeah. Or, you know, it's not Samurai Jack, which is clearly for older kids. Uh, and then the final season was definitely for adults. Definitely for adults. Uh, it, it's not like. It's not one of those situations where it's like, yeah, clearly Samurai Jack is one of the greatest things ever created. Yeah. As much as you may disagree with the ending oh, of, God. uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people disagree with it. Uh, I don't know if I disagree with it. I felt like I knew that that's where it was going the whole time. I just didn't want it to go there. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm in the same boat. <clears throat> no, no, not going to spoil it, but, right. um, yeah, it's, it's incredible that the show really was, it is just a kid's kid's show. Uh-huh. And they've just bothered with caring so much mm-hmm. about the rules and, like, uh, the way things develop and, like, the pacing of things. It's like, you look at uh, the characters from season one and they're near unrecognizable to how they are in yeah. seven. And it's not I, because... I, I remember watching, like, the first couple episodes and I was like, oh, I remember them being like that, but I, it's yeah. like they're still... It's like I remember unfamiliar. this being a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but... And it's not a matter of they forgot how to write the characters. It's a matter of they took the characters through these things yeah, and had them develop, develop yep. to where they are now. Like, um, you know, t- Twilight, not Twilight, Rainbow, da- bleh, bleh, Rainbow Dash used to scoff at reading. Yeah. And it's like now she's like into the book she's into. She's not like, you know, she's not a reader. She's yeah, not doesn't reader. read all the time. She, she's like a fangirl, though, about the ones that she enjoys. Yeah, like she got introduced to one that she actually liked and she cares a lot about that one uh-huh. and no longer thinks all books are stupid, but she's not like super into reading books. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, strangely crazy, authentic and believable and it's ending and no one's upset. We're kind of just like, yeah, cool. I, I'm excited to see how it ends. And I think it's a testament to how, uh, tangible and complete that development was that they can run out a development to do. Like, you can continue telling the same story over and over and over again right. in a slice of life. And this does have slice of life elements, but the things that happen in the slice of life episodes happened in the continuity, and they're not going to have to go through it again. Like, it, there were a lot of episodes where, where it's like Fluttershy is too nervous or afraid of something, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it goes Fluttershy's from... Fluttershy's character development. She's totally... Lord. And I like how she didn't become this super assertive thing, which would be yeah. the opposite. She went from being afraid of everything to being... To still being an introvert, but she's just laid back now. Yeah. She's like... like she's able to tell people, like, what she wants. Yeah, where it's like, if something is affecting her negatively, she's yeah. like, stop it. Yeah. Before, she would just let people walk all over her. And, you know, she was afraid of social interaction before, Mm -hmm. just with other ponies. And then it was like, then it's a matter of, okay, dragons are scary. She's afraid of dragons. Even though it's kind of contradictory because she likes animals. Yeah. 
But yeah, and then just one thing after another, and now it's like, I love how she's become one of the better comic relief characters, where like, uh, when another episode, Pinky's going crazy, uh, they find her party planning like basement yeah. where she has all this information she's on like people super, super organized like all yeah it, she's got this crazy over the top you know uh spontaneous personality but she's really really thoughtful about mm-hmm. all of it but when they get into her basement and the way you get into the basement is through a slide because of course and pinky to get out of it slides back up the slide <laughs> well all of them are like uh. how are we supposed to get out of here <laughs> And then, like, the lights turn off when Pinky leaves, and Fluttershy's like, so do we go up the slide, or what? (laughs) And, like, (laughs) I lost it at that. She wouldn't have been able to make that joke in season one. Mm -hmm. But, uh, all right, well, uh, we'll we'll stop talking about ponies for now, uh, and we'll move on to to what everyone's... Oh, no, wait, before we go to Star Wars, we'll do Jan's uh, question. Okay. Jan's big question. Jan's uh, integrity is uh, integrity is on the line. So his question is, and I haven't I haven't read this yet. We have a rule where it's like we can't read this until we're actually doing the podcast. Uh, what universe, movie, book, game, etc. Do you want rebooted, and in what format? Jan, universe. you didn't follow the format I set forth. <laughs> the uh, the format I had suggested was do a yes or no question. But to say yes or no, you would have to expand on it. Mm. So, uh, not quite what I asked for, Jan, but it is an interesting question. Um, What universe? Honestly, Mm. I would like to see a reboot. (sighs) Hmm. I want to say Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Or just Dragon Ball in general. Because uh, Dragon Ball has such mainstream appeal and it's become so big where it's like, if you're watching, if you're into action anime, it's this it's this huge mountain you have to climb right. just to be involved in any conversation. It's like you know, it, it's it's Star Wars is to sci-fi and space opera that Dragon Ball is to action anime. Like, I mean, if you haven't seen this one, it's like you can't really be involved in any conversation. Right. Uh, exactly. Before we're gonna talk about sci-fi universes, you know, you have to have seen every Star Wars film, <laughs> and the Star Wars films. Right now, it's up to eight main films that you'd have to watch. That is nowhere near the time commitment you would have to put into watching Dragon Ball. Even if you just watch Dragon Ball Z, and you watch Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is the shortened version, you're looking at hundreds of hours. Yeah, that's that's too much. (laughs) And it's, you know... uh, It's it's a big... It's a lot to ask of people. So I, I think... Honestly, I'd like to see a Dragon Ball Z re- reboot as a show. Uh, and I know they're doing Dragon Ball Super right now, and it's the sequel to Z. But a lot of the people, even people who are fans of Dragon Ball, like diehard fans, uh, and people who will... And, and, you know, within those fans, you can find people who like or dislike GT, which is now considered non-canon. Super's replacing it. There's a lot of people that are just saying, yeah, I think it's gone on for too long. It's like, we, we all kind of wanted more of Z, but this seems like it's getting out of hand, and people seem to care less about it now. Yeah. Uh, like, they, they have officially run out of ideas. So, I, I, I'd i be all for a, a Dragon Ball reboot. That being said, you cannot predict the Japanese market. Like, 
there'll be these hugely popular animes that never get a sequel, and then ones that everyone seems to hate that just won't stop coming out. So, yep. I don't know. That That's kind of a hard market to predict. So, if I'm going to pick something specifically Western... You know, I, I, I'd i really like... Firefly. To, oh, a Firefly reboot, not a continuation? Reboot. Yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, I could see Firefly working as a reboot. Twilight. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have a girl on the podcast. I'm kidding. Ah! I know. I'm kidding. I'm I know literally. You're... Literally. You were into them when they were coming out, though. Slightly. Yes. <laughs> it was a shameful time in my adolescence. Uh, there's plenty of stuff. Plenty of examples of me being the same way about certain yeah. things. I can't remember what they were. But I think I've erased them out of yep. guilt mm-hmm. and uh, dread that anyone would ever find out. Do not want to go back to that time. Lord. Uh, honestly, uh, if, we're, if we're talking about Western stuff, and it, I would probably want uh, a game to be rebooted. Mm-hmm. Normally I would have said Devil May Cry, but Devil May Cry 5 is coming out. Uh-huh. So I guess, uh, I guess I'm not too upset about that. I don't know. Honestly, I'd really like to see a Halo reboot. Just, like, I I know everyone's super invested in the lore right now, and that's a really tough call to make. Yeah. But. I'd like to see a Halo reboot, too. Yeah. Kingdom of Hearts. Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts. I never got to play it just because it seemed like uh, a hard thing to... To, gra- to get to for me because... It's pretty impenetrable because everyone's like, the first one isn't isn't that great gameplay-wise, uh-huh. but it's important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, but the thing is, the the Halo gameplay has aged amazingly well. Like, yeah. it, it still plays great. I think it's just, you look at Halo 5's story and how much the the mainline stuff has just completely gone off of what people really care about. I'm excited for Halo 6 and what comes after Halo 5, but if Halo 6 still doesn't recapture what was good about the original ones, I say reboot it. Yeah. I, I say, and man, it, that's really hard to do with how much lore there is in the Halo universe. Like, the Halo universe rivals Star Wars with how much extra stuff is going on. Um, but, I mean, if necessary, get rid of the numbers, have a new Halo game come out that is... I see and here's the problem I want it to be about Master Chief but the main storyline games are about Master Chief and they're not what I want mm-hmm. with Master Chief so it's either if we're not going to do a reboot you have to start from you know start from scratch go from the basics again and have it be about some Spartan that isn't Master Chief mm-hmm. but have him be like Master Chief and at that point it's like just reboot it and have it be have Master Chief be the Master Chief he always was and that we always liked. Get rid of all these extra characters and uh, just do something like that. I don't know. Um, I didn't want to take any easy answers for that one. I, I like the more difficult ones better. And uh, Dragon Ball and Halo mm-hmm. is what I'd like to see rebooted. As much as that would piss off more than half of anyone that likes those, I I'd, mm-hmm. I, I choose those. Okay, uh, now we're on Star Wars, and I'll have to say, oh, wow, we spent a lot of time on other stuff. Yeah. Darn! <laughs> uh, well, 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 we'll try and keep it short and simple to the point. Uh, do we want to do it spoilery? Ooh, I don't know. I think just if, in case someone was listening to this and hasn't seen the movie and was thinking I'm going to hear about Star Wars, 
We'll, we'll do non-spoilery stuff first. I'll just say what I thought about it. I think it was probably the... Mm, I'd say it's the third best one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of people have been angry about it. Uh, really? and and yeah, mostly redditors. And don't take don't take redditors seriously. They mm-hmm. they're a, a hive mind, and the the hive mind isn't too bright. Uh, like they hated the Force Awakens for being just like A New Hope, but oh, they also okay. hate the Last Jedi for being nothing like another Star Wars movie. Like the Last Jedi was the weirdest Star Wars movie yeah. I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Not just yeah. visually, but like story structure. It's very strange. It's like. It's broken into, like, five acts, Yeah, it feels like. Uh, just the stuff that Finn does goes through a bunch of different segments. Like, he's... Finn's, like, globe-trotting. Mm-hmm. Or not globe-trotting. It's more Universe. than one planet. Universe-trotting. Trotting. And, uh, you know, uh, Poe's in... Poe is in one place mostly. Uh, Ray's in most, one place mostly. Finn's going on these adventures with a new character. Uh... I thought she was fine. The new yeah. character, Rose, was her name. I liked her. Thought she was okay. She had some funny bits, she but cute. I, I'm not. She doesn't. I don't care about her as much as I care about Finn, Poe, and Ray. Like right. after the Force Awakens, I was like, okay, I want the the three main characters now to go on a big adventure together. Yeah, and I don't. And I feel like she's <clears> not a character that if the next movie comes in and Finn, Poe, and Ray are supposed to have a dynamic together. I don't want to feel bad for her getting left out, and I don't want to feel weird about her being included. Yes, like, exactly. Like, I like her enough to where I'm I'm kind of like, I don't know. That's exactly how I feel about her. Yeah. Where it's like, she's fine, but I don't think I like her enough to make her a main character, but now I feel bad if she isn't included. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, uh, after The Force Awakens, I really liked all three of the new young main characters, and I was like, okay, well... They're the ones I'm going with. They're the Luke, Han, and Leia yeah. of this of this trilogy. And um, that did not happen with Episode 8. They were all very much doing their own thing in right. Episode 8. I really, you know, I really wanted to see uh, the bromance with Finn and Poe because there yeah. was clearly a, a, dyna- a dynamic being created in Episode 7 that straight up isn't there because they barely see each other mm-hmm. in 8. Uh, they're all very much on their own little adventure. Right, and it makes sense because Ray had to have that sort of like character development by herself totally. without yes. you know, yeah, having... and and her mirror being or her foil being uh, Kylo Ren, right? Like Kylo Ren gets, uh, you know, we have the three heroes and then we have Kylo Ren, right? Um, and and Ray and Kylo Ren's stories are very much involved in Episode Eight. And I think it was interesting how they did it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where it's going, I'm but I liked what happened. And I'm I'm just going to, without spoiling anything, I'm going to say The Last Jedi has the single greatest fight scene in the entire franchise. Yeah. And I think you know which one I'm talking yeah. about. Which is Chills. Bo- I'm, oh, man. Chills. I, I really don't want to spoil anything. But you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. You'll know when it's starting. You're going to be like, my God, Oh, this is going to be the best fight scene in the entire series. Um, I still have chills. They're still going. (laughs) Just thinking about it. Uh, best choreography, best cinematography, best, just imagery. Best emotional background that comes for the fight. Like, like return of the Jedi, you get Luke 
fighting Vader and then Vader killing Palpatine for trying to kill Luke. Right. Like, that was very emotional, but original trilogy fight choreography is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was helped by having very dark rooms right. and focusing on the lightsabers looking cool and, like, you know, holding clashes, you know, that looking cool. But as far as, like, people actually doing moves, like, Ray's fighting style... Okay, well, dang it, I just spoiled that Ray is yeah. in the fight. Okay, Ray's in the fight, and Mike's spoiling anything else. But you can... It's cool how different each character's fighting style is, and that it's it's recognizable even if the whole movie was in black and white, mm-hmm. and you just had white sabers to look at, and they were the same sabers. Yep. You could tell which character was which. Um, I I really liked the way Luke was used. Mm-hmm. It's it's. There's a lot of characters in this movie. There's a lot of characters that get a lot. You yeah. you get a lot from Finn and Rose. You get a lot from Poe. Get a lot from Ray and Kylo Ren and Luke. You get a lot from the little new side characters that are just yeah. the most adorable thing you've ever seen, and you've always loved them. <laughs> oh, the new animals. Mm-hmm. But that isn't a spoiler. They were in the trailer. The yeah. Porgs. Yeah. They're like little uh, chicken cat thingies. Yeah. Funny little sounds. Chicken chickens. They're. Uh, I I like them more than Ewoks. That's for sure. Yes. Like the Ewoks' goal was to be cute. The Porgs are better than the Ewoks yeah. in that regard. Um, they're they're cat burbs. I, I will say something I disliked was how sl- how long it took to really get going. Mm, yeah, I think yeah. the about halfway through the movie, it was like, oh, okay, okay, this is cool now. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. But up to that point, I was like, I really don't know how I feel about this. Because it's right. taken a long time, and I'm not entirely sure where it's going. And I think maybe on another viewing, like if I, if I see it again, I'll be able to see where they were setting up for where it goes. But honestly, there's so many twists that happen near the middle that I was like, okay, now the movie begins. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I know what's going on. Now this is interesting. And I, I don't know if it... Because it was caused by twists, I don't know if the twist is what makes it interesting or if it just that part of the movie is more interesting than the beginning and a twist setting that in motion tells me that maybe the beginning of the movie just wasn't interesting and needed yeah, to be I'd trimmed. Yeah, I'd like to watch it again to see how I feel about that. It was really long. I feel like it had to be the longest Star, the longest Star Wars movie. Yeah. It it felt Lord of the Rings length. Yeah, it was really 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 long. Um there were a lot of... There wasn't a moment that I wasn't, like, engaged, though. Yeah. Well, was no, like, I was paying attention yeah. the whole movie, but for that first third, I want to say, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about any of this. This, I was like, is this what the movie's going to be about? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this can carry a whole movie. And then the twists happened, and it's like, oh, this is what the movie's going to be about. Yeah. That's way more interesting. That's way cooler. And um, <laughs> the place that it ends on reminded me of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender in a lot of different ways. There was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> once again, trying not to be spoilery, yeah. but bossing say with the, I'm just, I'm giving Tab of the hand motions. Yes. There's a scene in Avatar that is really similar to a scene in this and they're both good. Yeah. They're both really good. Um, one thing I'd like to say about uh, the the art style and how they're doing this is like the the colors mm-hmm. in this movie were the 
just the most interesting and striking they've ever been. Like yes. hard red against hard white. Yeah, that's for like, that whole planet. Yeah. Like that was super that cool. Was so cool. And it just it's such a cool image that sticks with you as soon as you see it. It's like I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Uh, the the island where Luke lives on kind of bland, kind of boring, <laughs> but it was. The natives. Oh, yeah. The natives are funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. This movie was really funny. Yeah. There was a lot of funny parts. There was an... It was this kind of very Star Warsy way of doing humor where the humor isn't really happening with the main characters. Mm-hmm. It's happening with the weird little aliens happening in the background. Like, The Force Awakens was funny with the main characters. Like, mm-hmm. their banter was fun and but funny. Because and because they're all separated in this movie, yes. you can't really have all that. Yeah, and, and I think it's because it's a very J.J. Abrams thing to do, mm-hmm. is to have that kind of fun banter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in the, in the Force Awakens because he did that. Ryan Johnson, I don't think I've ever laughed at anything Ryan Johnson has done. Uh, the only thing I've seen from him was Looper, and Looper was pretty dang serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, it really, very, okay, the humor in this movie is very much geared towards kids. Right. And that's a very Star Wars thing to do. Like, the original trilogy, a lot of the stuff that's done for humor is done to make kids laugh. It's like these goofy little things going on in the background. I'm like, C-3PO has always been funny, and Mm -hmm. he's always been very popular with kids because he's just this silly coward robot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And C-3PO does his thing in this one. In The Force Awakens, there isn't much C-3PO, and he does a lot of, ooh, ooh, you know that in The Force Awakens? In The Last Jedi, he gets a whole lot of stuff to say where it's just (laughs) funny and... It's just C-3PO being 3PO. It was yep. great. BB-8, too. BB-8 was, was also hilarious. Yeah. And the moment where there's a reveal, and uh-huh. it's the reveal is you see BB-8, I was, like, laughing, and it was awesome. <laughs> that felt very Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. Very swashbuckling yeah. uh, at that point. Um, but, yeah, very enjoyable. Uh but, but I have to think it was too long, and they could have trimmed some stuff. And I feel like Rose is a problem. I don't want to say she is, though, because she's, she she's such a cutie patoot. <laughs> she was likable. And, and they, did, they did a good job of... Oh, okay. So I think this is the first Star Wars movie that has had a theme, or like a message. And it uh-huh. had two of them. Yes. And I think it's funny... Okay, you know what? Before we go into the themes, because I think I think realizing the themes and, see, and seeing how it comes together is, is a big a sp- is very important, yeah. and it's a spoiler. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say at this point in the video, we're coming in at an hour and twenty minutes. This is where non-spoiler stuff will end. So I'm saying I recommend the movie. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want The Empire Strikes Back, go watch The Empire Strikes Back. This is not The Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. at all. It has ATAT walkers. Um, it has a twist, mm-hmm. a very big twist, but it's not, it's not the Empire Strikes Back. So don't expect the Empire Strikes Back. I think, I think it's fine to emulate a new hope because you can emulate a new hope, but you'll never recreate the Empire Strikes Back. And I'm glad they didn't try. And I think that's why people are upset is because it is, it is not the Empire Strikes Back. Um, not even in plot structure. Right. Uh, so uh, from here on. You can stop the podcast right now. Been been great having you. Uh, but if you care about spoilers, you need to back out. 
Um, and that's all the warning I'm giving. Oh, I, what did you think? You think people should go see it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Tabitha absolutely thinks you should go see it. I think you should go in with certain expectations. But uh, yeah, we both recommend. We both like. Uh, and now we're going to go into spoilers. And I'm going to talk about the themes. Mm-hmm. The first of which being move on. Like, let the past die. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that both Luke and Kylo Ren want the past to die. Right. The difference being Kylo wants to kill it. Yeah. And Luke <laughs> wants to shove it down Luke, Luke wants you to, to let it lay and, yeah. and not bring it back up. Kylo wants to genocide it. He right. wants it to be erased completely. Yeah. Uh, and I, I had, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone was thinking someone's going to switch sides yeah. in this movie. You know, someone's so going to be times. corrupt or someone's going to be reformed. And I think the movie plays with that for a while until solidifying Kylo Ren is evil. Yeah. He, he's He's, he's just, too far gone. He can't be saved. It's sad because you feel like... And it is. It, I'm glad that he's, he's a tragic character that can't be fixed. Right. He's a tragic character that can't be fixed, but you know he's still struggling with the fact that he's uh-huh. not going to be able to be fixed. He's like... Yeah, he's he still has uh-huh. the goodness in him, but it's what can you do to you help him he's anymore? Just, torn apart yeah and he's such a good character yeah. he's such a lovable loser yeah like he, he's 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 emotionally freaking dweeby dirt baggy little twerk. he's a child yeah he's so childish but he's so likable uh-huh. because he's just he's just interesting and he's got tons of raw power and we were talking about earlier the best fighting scene is when ray and kylo ren go back to back to kill Snoke's guards. Yes. And you see Kylo Ren's fighting style is angry and unstable and he's scraping his saber across the ground because it's too big and it's angry and unstable and it's a perfect saber for him. And I like how he has that cross guard and we see him use it Uh where like he stops two of the swords and then just from sheer force pushes two guards off their feet. Yep. And then Ray's is very, Ray's is also very angry and aggressive but it's it's not as it's not unstable. Hers yeah. is more like raw fury, whereas like Kylo Ren's is. It almost seems like he's too big for his own body, right. and like he has too much power for himself. Like his swings are big and it throws them off balance, but they hit so hard and they're yeah. so powerful, and uh, just leaves a mess of sparks everywhere. And uh, Ray is actually very balanced because she's like used to she's used to fighting with something with more weight because a, a light a light doesn't weigh anything right um but when she's actually using the saber she's she's very fast uh-huh. compared to kylo ren and um i loved them trying to get the other person to go to their side mm-hmm. like for a second it was like ray has the upper hand she's going to bring kylo to the good side and i was like well then what then what are we gonna do yeah uh and then they kill snoke <laughs> Yep. And it's Kylo Ren who kills Snoke. And it's not Kylo Ren killing Snoke because he's turned. Right. You think You that. think for a second. You think maybe they, that could be it. together. They're fighting the guards after he kills yeah, Snoke. Yeah. And it's like, well, the guards are attacking both of them because right. Rey is the enemy and Kylo Ren just killed Snoke. Right. But then they defeat the guards. And now it's like, what happens now? Yeah. What do we do? Is Kylo Ren a good guy? And he's not. He's not. Like, he, he keeps saying... Join me. You right. know, he's telling Ray, come to my side. We're we'll both the most powerful power. people. Right. Yeah. 
It's like you and me are we'll the two. We'll start a new ruling and like. Yeah, it's like we'll, we'll, we'll rule in a good way. And right, she's like, yeah. she. I love how her response is, don't do this. Like, yeah. just stop being a bad guy. Yeah, stop. Just, gosh. However, they, they put it in your head that Ray could easily go to the dark right, side. because... Stuff in the beginning. When she's... When she's meditating. Night, yeah, and... And, he, and Luke gets, Luke, like Luke is telling... She's scared saying, by She her. says there's something else. And he's like, yeah, that's the dark side. And then he can see into what she's seeing. Yeah. And she, and she just, straight, without hesitation, she goes right into in. the dark she's part. She's just so curious. But it's like... Well, she's not just curious. She wants answers that right. she knows aren't there. Right. And, um... I, I liked the way they. I liked the way Luke described the dark side. It's like it offers something you want, like something you need, mm-hmm. something you think you need. The dark side always gives you something you want. Right. Um. And she wants. You think at first she wants to know who her parents are, mm-hmm. but then you learn. And this movie, I was so glad. Uh, I was. I've been saying this since day one. I want Ray's parents to be nothing. I want them to be completely insignificant. And it's funny that Kylo was the one that showed her that they yeah. were nothing. Yeah, he's like, there were nobodies. They were just junkers who sold you. For money, for alcohol. Yeah, it's like, I, that made me so glad. And it, and it makes it to where Ray wasn't trying to find out who her parents were. She was trying to find out that her parents weren't who they were. Right weren't who she knew they were. Mm-hmm. She she wanted to find answers that weren't there. Like, she, she wanted the truth that she knew to be the truth to not be the truth. She wanted to feel important. Right. Which is a very dark side thing to feel. Mm-hmm. That's a very Anakin thing. Mm-hmm. Like, to want to be important. Uh, very Kylo Ren thing. Um, but I like how he gets her to admit it. And it's like, ooh, that's pretty selfish. Uh... I feel so, like Kylo's thing has become the say it little thing. Say it. Oh, yeah. like Say it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, she also kind of does that to him mm-hmm. uh, at one point. Um, also, I don't know if this is confirmed. It wasn't explicitly said, but I think Snoke was bluffing a lot. I think mm-hmm. Snoke was really powerful. Like, he's able to, you know, just one hand lightning blast Kylo mm-hmm. Ren across the room, across his throne room. But I think a lot of what he does is lie. And I don't think Snoke had anything to do with bridging Rey and Kylo. Like, yeah, I think they were already, I th- they already like probably made a bridge themselves because they could tell that that the other was was were, connected. And I, some people yeah. that led some people to think that they were siblings or maybe cousins or related mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. Uh, but it's just their level of power and like, yeah, it just and and they I, were each other's exact. <laughs> Opposite. Opposite. Yeah. Which is and, what probably bridged them. And and it's because Kylo Ren seems to be the power sink for all of the dark side of the Force right now because mm-hmm. there's no other Sith right. on the planet. That we know of. And Rey, there's no other Jedi on the planet save for Luke. Mm-hmm. And Luke has closed himself off from the Force. He's not using it. He's mm-hmm. sick of the Jedi Order. He's sick of all of it. And I, I liked how that was Luke's shtick in this one. Mm-hmm. Like... I was worried that Luke was just going to be, you know, Obi-Wan. He was like, I'm going to teach you the ways of the Force. All right, do this, do this, do this, and we're going to have a training montage. I wouldn't have hated that, but it was a lot less interesting than what we got. Mm -hmm. What we got was Luke is like, this was all stupid, and a lot of it was lies, and 
Look at what it got us. Yeah. And it's like, man, you can't you can't disagree with the man. Right. He's got a lot of good points. And uh, also, the best surprise of the movie, Puppet Yoda Puppet showing Yoda. up yep. to God. actually agree with Luke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, that was the best like, scene when he just... I loved... Like, Luke was going to burn, like, Fire. the original Jedi texts that everything had come from. He's going to burn the, the tree and whatever, mm-hmm. where, like, the origin of everything. He was going to do it. And then he stopped himself, and Yoda appeared to him as a Force ghost, and it was Puppet Yoda, mm-hmm. so it wasn't weird, CGI. crappy CGI Yoda that looks different. It was like OG, silly, you know, mm-hmm. happy-to-be-old-and-crazy Yoda, <laughs> who, like, sees that he's doing this, and Luke hesitates, so Yoda just calls down lightning and burns the whole thing down. <laughs> and I loved at the end, it's just both of them sitting on that rock watching it all burn. Yeah. Uh... That was such a great way to bring it all, bring it all round from like how Luke learned from Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back, and yep. it's like, yeah, I, th- I think we both agree this has got to go. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I I actually buy the explanation that the reason they were bridged and the reason they're both so ridiculously powerful, despite being really young and very. Uh, untrained, mm-hmm. Kylo Ren has definitely been improperly trained, or trained very little. Yeah. Because I, Snoke was using Kylo Ren as a bomb, basically. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to get him too smart. He wasn't trying to get him too effective. He was trying to make him something that he could throw at a situation, and a lot of damage would be done, regardless he of casualties. He wasn't trying to create his... Yeah, his successor. His successor. He Absolutely was, he not. He was just using him. Yeah, he was just a weapon. It, it was very different. Similar but different in the way that Palpatine was using Vader. Palpatine was using Vader, Vader as his sword, like mm-hmm. he was his weapon, but Vader was like very Vader was very precise. It was like Vader is a 50 caliber sniper rifle that Palpatine is aiming at a problem mm-hmm. and just obliterating it. Uh Kylo Ren is a grenade yeah. that Snoke is just kind of tossing into a room. And uh, yeah, that's why he filled him with emotional turmoil right. while uh, Palpatine kind of made Vader very cynical and very closed off from his emotions to make him more like cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. And Kylo Ren is the opposite of cold-blooded. Kylo Ren kills a lot of people, but he's doing it out of angry, hot-blooded rage mm-hmm. that he's trying to kill people because everyone... It's all everyone else's fault. Right. Uh, but yeah, I buy the explanation that they are that powerful because they are basically lightning rods for either side of the Force, and they're the right. only person really tuned in to the Force. Um, one plot hole that I have an issue with, and I'm sure there's more, and everything has plot holes, nothing's perfect, uh, especially when you write a big story like this with this many characters, uh, the, the explanation that they have for leaving that base, or like there's only one way out, the explanation they use for it's like, there must be another way out. How did Luke get in? Luke was a force ghost. He didn't really walk there. Yeah. Uh, in that in that final scene, you find out Luke isn't there. He's mm-hmm. project he's projecting himself mm-hmm. so that Kylo Ren can be distracted, and then he can mess with him. <laughs> like you see Kylo Ren try to slice Luke in half, and it. I thought it was actually a good, tasteful way to show Luke getting cut mm-hmm. in half, kind of like what happens to Obi-Wan in A New Hope, right? Uh, where you see a very fast cut, you see the saber go through, but you don't see any of the results. 
But then Luke turns around and is still standing. And Kylo Ren's like, what? And he goes up to him and stabs him and he's not there. He's going through a projection Mm -hmm. like a ghost. For a second there, I thought the AT-AT walker like barrage that Kylo Ren uh, fires at Luke Mm -hmm. in the beginning. I was like, oh my God, that killed him. Yep. And then Kylo Ren is just seeing... Luke's force ghost that he's yeah, he's confronting Kylo him Ren with. Yeah, a freaking psycho. Yeah, and and because he can do that, and Kylo Ren doesn't know that it killed him, and because the entire for- First Order would then think Kylo Ren is crazy. Yeah. Which they, they still think. It. Right. I think they think that anyway. And you see at the end, General Hux is going to betray Kylo Ren in for Episode sure. 9. Uh, I still like General Hux. I think he's an underrated character, and I think he's going to become a very big part of things. In episode nine, because he is, he was clearly the brains. Right. Like he, he was Snoke had Kylo Ren is his, is his grenade. Hux is the one that that pulls the pin and throws it. Yeah. Yeah. Hux is definitely the right hand man. Hux is the one who actually believes in the ideals of the first order. Kylo Ren couldn't care less about the ideals of the first order. He He just, just cares about having power. Yeah. He cares about himself having power and, making everyone pay for what they did to him. Yeah. Um, whereas Hux actually cares about ruling the world under this new ideal and this new order. And Hux cares about order. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren is the opposite of order. Right. And after Snoke dies, there is so much tension and like that chain of command where it's like, who is actually in charge between Hux and Kylo Ren? Right. And that will be interesting to see how that pans out in episode nine. But I'm honestly glad that neither Ray nor Kylo Ren switched sides. I'm glad that they come, they both seem to come close. Yeah. But in the end, they get pushed back into their roles even further. And it's like, okay. It's like they kind of have an understanding of each other though. Yeah. And which will make that final battle really Mm -hmm. fun to watch. And it makes it to where, yes, I can buy Kylo Ren is now our big bad. Mm -hmm. And I like him as a character and it's interesting that he has gotten this much power and will be, you know, he is the, uh, he's the big fight at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. After the force awakens, it was like, eh, probably Snoke is going to be the big bad at the end. Mm-hmm. But this establishes Kylo Ren as a, a very dangerous villain. Uh, and, uh, w- one thing is kind of, jumping onto another topic. This is the most anime Star Wars ever. Like mm-hmm. the imagery and stuff and when you have Kylo Ren and Rey fighting over that lightsaber, the way yeah. that it's framed and it's literally a power struggle of yeah. them like holding it and both trying to pull it to their side and in the end it breaks and there's a I, flash I of light. I feel like I want that to turn into something. Like What do you mean? Broken flat like the broken lightsaber because it still had the crystal you could see the crystal on both yeah, yeah. sides but like uh-huh. it would be cool if she turned that into like a dual wielding type of thing Ooh, that'd be interesting but uh, it's like it's also like kylo's like it's kind of yeah kylo's is a broken kyber crystal yeah and the reason that's the reason why it's like expending so much energy and it's so unstable so yeah maybe she can have double unstable uh that would be really cool lightsabers but um and then the light speed collision thing was extremely anime and really cool and something I've always wondered what would happen if someone did that. It's like, obviously someone wouldn't want to ram someone in light speed because you'd die. Yeah. But that was the point this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was her name? 
Hold Holder hold Admiral Holo Hold. Holder. I couldn't remember. Uh, I didn't really care for her design. Didn't really care for the actress. Uh, she the lady that was in like Jurassic Park or something. I'm not sure. I think she was like in the original Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh, that was her. Yeah, that totally was her. She's okay, well I like that actress. I just didn't really care for her portrayal of this character. I, I didn't like the purple hair with the off grayish purple outfit. It was very yeah. strange. It didn't seem to look very Star Warsy. I also didn't like. It also didn't her look militant. Pose kind of like. Am I flirting with you or yeah, not? It, it was so strange. It was like it was a little bit uncomfortable. Like uh-huh. what? Like she's kind of coming on to these younger men. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Uh, but I liked her as a character. Like she's a yeah. character that I like on paper. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the way she looked, acted, or <laughs> executed anything. <laughs> That's awful. Um, uh, and I'm sure people disagree with me. Yeah. But. Uh, I think what made me like her, I liked her at two stages. I liked it when she is being portrayed as a coward and a traitor. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's a traitor because she's a coward. Like, she's afraid to right. fight. And Poe is the one who wants to fight. Uh, and she's used as a foil for Poe, who's this hot-headed, you know, pilot who wants to go in and fight. Yeah. Uh, at the risk of everyone, of course. At the risk of everyone. And... That's why the other thing... Because even if we die, we'll be heroes. Yeah, there's the one theme of let the past die. And then the other theme was it's better to live and fight another day than get yourself killed trying to win one battle. Right. And uh, that's what made me like... Because then where does the rebellion go after they're all gone? If you're all dead, then what? Yeah. (laughs) Which, that was a really cool theme to have kind of come to a close at the end of the movie where you're... You know, there was a lot to do with live... Mm-hmm. And you can keep fighting, right. you know, save enough people to still have a rebellion. Right. Uh, and I, I liked how they, I, I liked the way that panned out. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me like uh, the, the, I can't remember her name, Jurassic Park lady. <laughs> that's how I ended up liking her character because her whole thing was she kind of does what Poe wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But she does it in a far more strategic and deliberate manner. Right. And it was a way to where only one person had to die. And it was her. And she did a devastating amount of damage right. to the enemy by doing something crazy that I I think a lot of people in the back of their heads have always wondered what would happen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're when they're setting up for light speed, I think it's in A New Hope. Like, they're saying, we can't go into light speed. There's too many rocks in the way. Right. Like, you have to find a straight line with nothing in between it uh-huh. in space, right? which is really difficult, especially in a populated space, uh-huh. but you find the right place and then you can hit it and then boom, you're there. Whereas with this, it's, I'm just going to point it at every empire or not empire, every first order ship and just floor it. Yep. So it was a light speed Ram and it looked Super cool. Oh my god, one of the scene when it happened. I know. Silence. Yeah, just, just silence. And you just and see you a clean it's just a, yeah, a clean cut has been blown into every ship there. And it's like you don't see her explode, you don't see where she went. It's just I mean, she's obviously dead. Right. Obviously. And it's kind of like de deatomized mm-hmm. the cruiser, but it was such a cool moment. And yeah, yeah, the that was the most anime moment in the movie mm-hmm. where it's just like then it's like silence and just destruction and like mm-hmm. slow mo, so awesome. Um, 
but yeah, gosh, that was such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I, it of course leads into episode nine, but, uh, not an empire strikes back ending where it's like the empire strikes back ends with the empire just annihilated the rebels. Mm-hmm. And now like Luke, Luke got his hand cut off. You know, uh, Han has been frozen in carbonite and captured by Jabba. Mm-hmm. Nothing but bad things happen in the end of The Empire Strikes Back. And it's like, well, man, I hope it continues. Otherwise, that was, that was, you know, they lost. The good guys lost. Um, with The Last Jedi, both sides took a lot of damage. Yeah. But the Resistance feels like it's on the rise, whereas the First Order is a mess now. Yeah. Their chain of command has been completely broken. None, and is, no one came to, no one answered their, their call for help. Oh yeah. No one answered the resistance's call for help. Yeah. So, Hmm. I, I also like how clearly smaller than the empire, the first order is, okay, but yeah. their technology, like as far as the design of their ships, I like how practical yet boisterous it is. Cause like, the Rebel Alliance in the original trilogy was practical stuff built from junk. Mm. That was their thing. Okay, and it yeah. was like, you know, we're we're taking the scraps and we're making stuff that works. You know, we're, we're having to pull some tricks, but, but it's going to work. And the Empire was build the biggest, scariest thing with the unlimited money that you have. Because you control so many planets. Mm-hmm. You can, you can just steal things from those planets. It's like build a death star, build another death star after they broke the last one, have star destroyers. Mm -hmm. And the first order has star destroyers, but that's the biggest thing they have. They had the, uh, uh, the star killer base, but the way they had to make it was like a, uh, a more efficient cost effective version of a star destroyer. It's like, we'll take a planet for its location near a sun and we'll, we'll construct something that can use that stuff to our advantage, but we're not just having to dump resources to create the yeah. weapon. And this one, you know, they have the, sh- they have the shrunk down death star technology mm-hmm. and they have like eight ATAT walkers, Yeah. but the ATAT walkers are more lethal each. So it's like they're doing more with less to make themselves seem bigger. They're, you know, they're, they're like a, a cobra flaring its neck, but you mm-hmm. could still, I mean, you just you can kill a cobra pretty easily. Yeah. But it looks spooky. And when it bites you, uh, it's devastating. Yeah. So I really like the way they've done that. And, dude, I liked Benicio Del Toro's character. That, yeah. Uh, the scummy thief. I think when he popped up, I suddenly cared about what Finn and Rose were doing. Where it's like, that that's a really interesting character. Yeah. And I really liked that moment where Finn has had this, Idea. this, this issue. Where it's like, I switched from the bad guys to the good guys. Yeah. Where it's like, Finn's... Fighting for this cause, then he's fighting for this cause. Both of them 100% either time. And he's just changing his mind. It's like, these are absolute good guys. But then Benicio Del Toro's character is like, both of them are just blowing each other up. Yeah. It's just a war. Yeah. It's like, um, I I liked that. That that was a really cool moment. Like the way they showed it. Yeah. He's like, you know, uh, they stole a ship of an arms dealer who was, you know, making money off of, off of the war. And that's a scummy thing to do. And they're like going through all the stuff he was selling. It was like clearly first order stuff he had been selling. And then an X-Wing pops up and he's like, Oh, (laughs) like I loved how much, uh, Del Toro's character was like, just didn't care about Mm -hmm. any of this. He wasn't invested in anything. And I loved the moment where he was like, like he betrays them. 
And he's like, I didn't do anything out of character. You know, I'm just the, cut a deal. And, yeah. and he's like, uh, like he's sticking to that principle. And he's like, I can't remember the, the moment or like the wording, yeah, but, I can't either. but Finn is like, you know, uh, he's like trying to make a point to Finn, but then after he makes it, he's like, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm just surviving dude. Yeah. Um, which is funny because one of the themes of the movie was survive. So Del Toro was just surviving, mm-hmm. uh, doing what was best for number one. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but it was nice and weird. And, uh, I think the new trilogy needed weird. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think it was cool how force awakens was JJ Abrams. And then they did Ryan Johnson for this one. And Ryan Johnson is a weird pick. I think it was good because J.J. Abrams is a very safe pick for Star Wars. It's like, okay, Force Awakens, it's like the ones you liked. It's mm-hmm. not like the prequels. Now that we've established that, we're going to have Ryan Johnson go nuts for a little bit, do some crazy stuff, shake yeah. things up, and then uh, have J.J. Abrams make Episode Nine and kind of bring it back to some stability yeah. in case in case that didn't work. Mm-hmm. I think it worked. I think it's a good sign that it was very divisive mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't agree on stuff. I think that is great for a Star Wars movie because if there's anything we can all agree on, it's that the prequels were awful. Yeah. So as long as we're not getting that. Um, I mean, it's it's weird for me because I feel like the prequels were awful, but it was still like, for me, it was still an enjoyable part of my childhood. Yeah. It's because, uh, I think it's just because Star Wars is such a fun universe mm-hmm. to do crazy things in. Like, like when we thought that, that the, uh, there was going to be... Shoot, what was it? In the scene where they're at the casino and they're watching the the race shows up and we thought it was going to be... Oh, we thought it was going to be pod racing. Yeah, and I actually got really excited Yeah, I actually got excited because pod racing was super cool in my childhood. And, you know, the pod racing game was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't pod racing, unfortunately. Turned into the little... Yeah, horse, it was horse funny. They, they, were, they looked like sheep. They looked sheep like big lamb, lambs. Horses. Yeah, they were cute. They were cute. They were big, big old sheep. But, um... Oh, and the very, very, very end scene. Yeah, that was cool. Yep. That was cool. They're kind of, they're like laying the seeds of rebellion again. Uh-huh. It's like more, no one answered us this time, but you get the feeling that eventually the, uh, it will have grown. Cause and I mean, the kid walks out after hearing the story about the, yeah. And he, he's got the rebel Alliance. Yeah. And he, logo. he like pulls up his broom. Yeah. With the force, yeah. And he's and you're just like, yeah, and and then he's he's holding it like a lightsaber, and yeah. it's like that was a cool moment because that's exactly what Star Wars does mm-hmm. to kids, or it's like rebels. <laughs> um, and I liked as much as the as everything to do with Captain Phasma disappoints me mm-hmm. because she has such a good actress and she has such cool armor, but they do so little with her and like all of her, her all of her backstories in the books, and it's like I well I don't get it in the back. movie. After that, and be Maybe. Like, damaged and messed up. Maybe she will. Uh, I, and I think if they do bring her back, they need to bring her back early in the movie and mm-hmm. give her character. Yeah, so we care about her fighting again because I didn't care about this fight. I didn't like, either. Chrome Dome? That's such an impersonal insult, and yeah. it's just because she has a chrome helmet and the helmet looks cool. Yeah. So it's not a very effective insult. However, really cool moment in that is I always thought you were scum. Yeah. Rebel, Rebel scum. scum. That was awesome. Like also, uh, John Boyega, anytime we need a young Denzel Washington, we got it covered. 
is there's a point in this movie where he's kind of trying to brush something off and the way he moves his head and is like, oh, no, no. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, my God, Denzel. He's, he's got the chin and everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably close it right there. Uh, was there anything else I needed to come back around to? Uh, I think reading Jan's question, Jan, you didn't ask the kind of question I wanted, but it got us talking. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll give that a silver. Yeah, silver. Jan, Jan gets a silver. Tabitha agrees. Uh, that's the end of uh, podcast episode 28. Ooh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you tune in next time. Ran a lot longer than I expected it to. Yeah. But sorry about okay. that. <laughs> uh, thank you for being a guest. And that went, I think... I expected it to be short because I didn't expect us to have a lot to talk about, but we yeah. had plenty to talk about. Yeah. Plenty to talk about, so uh, is is a good kind of uh, went on for too long. Even though I know you have stuff to do today, right? So we'll let you do that stuff. Okay. Uh, see you guys next time. Um, uh, hope you watch some videos on the other channel. If not, yes. uh, we have a new episode on the podcast every week, and uh, me and Tabitha play a fighting game every week. That's a sibling showdown. We have uh, other stuff other stuff we do on the channel, but uh, we will be back next week. Uh, See you guys then.